Dos New York Nick podcast. The Knicks pull out a win against the Hawks on the road. You cannot complain. I told you it's not going to be no easy wins out there. I don't care what you think of the Hawks. I think the Hawks have. I think the Hawks are actually better than they've been the last couple of years. A little bit more versatile. Jalen Johnson is a whole pain in the butt, and he he had a Hall of Fame dunk. That's a that's a top seventy five all time dunk on two Knickerbockers. I like Jalen Johnson a lot. You know, I think I think the Hawks' biggest problem is their process. To be honest with you, defensively they have a lot of good defensive players, but you know their their defense is not great, and it's not all on Trey Young. Yeah, a lot, of, you know. Obviously, he's not a good defensive player, but it's not all on him. But we're not gonna talk about the Hawks too much. This was a great win. It was a needed win. I saw people saying this was a must win. I that's that it's a must win only because you guys are paying the butt. That's Nick fans. That's why it was a must win. It wasn't literally a must win, but you you lose your first game at home. You go on the road. You gotta play. You gotta beat teams like the Hawks. These are teams that you're supposed to be better than. You got to beat them. They're not going to be easy to beat, but you got to beat them. And I just heard on Knicks Fan TV, uh, the Hawks had won, what, six consecutive home openers? Five of those years with, with uh, Trey Young. This is a good win. It's a good solid win. The hero of the day, Jalen Brunson and R.J. Barrett. R.J. Barrett. You know I've been critical of that boy all these years. Listen, but I've always said there was room for improvement. Obviously, I'm not one who just wanted to kick dirt on him. He showed potential to me over the years of getting, potentially getting better and, and having circumstances surrounding some of his poor play. But I told you, coming into this season, I thought he was going to have a good one. I told you, two games in. He's looking good out there, hitting threes, three or five from three, knocking free throws down. The shot looks smooth, it looks clean, and he looks confident. He even hit a big mid-range jump shot, and I told you before, his mid-ranges are trash. He doesn't create enough space to get that shot off, number one. He's too straight up and down on that shot. Number two, he shoots that show that shot from a low point for a, a short mid-range. A lot of mid-range shooters... They get the ball. They get themselves up in the air. They get their release points a little bit higher. Not everybody, but he needs to because he doesn't create a lot of space. He did none of that. He had to choose one. He did none of it. That mid-range he had down the stretch of this game was a fading mid-range. Created space by fading away. And it was smooth. And it was confident. It wasn't all, wasn't all you know awkward the way you've seen him in the past. Give RJ credit. He looked good out there. He looked composed, and one of the things that you're seeing from the Knicks is, is Julius Randle is not, he wasn't the first option last year. He's not even the second option now, and he looks like he's okay with it, and when he's getting the ball, he's looking to make plays, and yes, he screws up. His processing is a little slow. He doesn't play instinctively. He tries, he tries to do, he has a thing that he wants to do as opposed to reading the floor. That's his thing. That's what I mean by prefab moves. Prefab moves are when a player wants to do something without reading the defense and seeing how the defense is playing. They just want to do it. 
And when he does play instinctively, he dribbles like Jalen Brown, but he's left-handed. He got he got Jalen Brown handles in both hands. But give him credit. He's the third option on this team right now. The third option, and he doesn't seem all that pissed off about it. And he's having a hard time getting in rhythm, getting his offense going. But the way he's playmaking for everyone else is, listen, all the Knicks have to do, if he's going to playmake like that, and RJ's going to playmake, is going to play like that. And Brunson's going to have his, you know, if he if he plays like he did last year, the Knicks are going to be tough to beat. They're going to be tough to beat. I mean, yes, it's early in the season, and other teams are rusty, just like the Knicks are rusty. And and, uh, and other teams have another level to go to, just like the Knicks have another level to go to. But as the season goes on, guys are not going to have the legs to be running up and down the court and shooting long threes all game and knocking them down. The Knicks have depth. They can pull that off. They can put different combos out there where where guys do different things. And you saw Jalen Brunson mention this, and I talked about this before. The Knicks have a lot of talented players. They're not like superstars. They have a lot of talented players who could do a lot of things on the court. The Knicks have to find a way to accentuate everyone's skill set. And you do that by moving the ball and getting everyone in rhythm. And if you do that, then everyone's a weapon. Everybody who's in that rotation is a weapon at something offensively. There are no black holes out there. And you're not seeing Josh Hart play especially well right now. You saw Dante struggle in the first game, but Dante was awesome last night. He missed some bunnies, but he was awesome. If you see a Dante anywhere close to that, it's going to be trouble out here. And Josh is still not, he is still not hitting his stride. His timing is way off, you could tell. His reads are way off. Everything is off. IQ had an awesome night against Boston last night. He struggled. But what you like is you like the aggressive mindset. A lot of people think that IQ needs to be a better playmaker. IQ needs to be a better passer. Off penetration, yes. And by better, I mean he needs to actually pass it. It doesn't mean you have to create a shot. It means that if you don't get where you need to go off that screen, you need to move the ball to someone else. We don't need you to dribble the ball back out and try it again and dribble it back out and try it again. No. Move the ball to someone else. Let Dante get the screen. Let Grimes, for the love of God, get the screen. Grimes has has uh, Trey Young on him, and the Knicks don't even go to him. It's um, I can't under, I can I can't take them seriously when they do that. Now it looked like they were going to attack Trey Young down the stretch of the game on a few plays. And, uh, and maybe they were saving it because they knew Atlanta was going to adjust. They actually got a bucket out of uh, screwing up, screwing with the, a matchup with Trey Young. They didn't do that all game. The whole game plan should be uh, surrounding attacking Trey Young. And not just, he's not guarding Jalen Brunson, but with whoever's guarding him, that means off the ball plays, anything to get him in actions. Don't have Trey, and they did do that. To some degree, but they did not make it a focus. If they made it a focus, then they, the one guy on the team who should get more shots, who's not, that would have been a perfect opportunity to get it for him, get it to him. And they didn't. And I, it's hard for me to take the team seriously as long as that's the case. 
because it's such an obvious thing. Quentin Grimes needs the ball more. He needs to be able to make more plays. And last night would have been a perfect time to do it. So that's a big criticism I continue to have about this team. But give him credit. Jalen Brunson with eight threes. Jalen Brunson, you know, I was nervous about how, you know, he was playing in the preseason. You saw game one where his timing was off. His timing still off around the rim. I don't know. You know, he mentioned it after the game, uh, which is a good thing. You know, self-awareness is key. But. Boy, he was awesome last night. If he's going to miss some bunnies around the rim or shoot like that, you take it. You take it. Mitchell Robinson, amazing defensively last night. It's taken him years and years. He's always been okay with it, but it's taken him years and years to kind of gauge that middle ground on that screen with Trey Young. Whether Trey Young's going to shoot it or pass it, it's taken him years and years and years. And maybe it's fresh legs, you know, no injuries. But he was getting up so high in the air to to thwart those alley-oop passes. It really threw the timing off for Capella and and Trey Young. And you saw that pay dividends at the end of the game where Capella missed, essentially missed an alley-oop. But he missed it because Mitchell made it difficult. He made it awkward. You saw Capella miss a bunny under the rim and that was just him. But that that missed out of you down the stretch. That was that was all Mitchell Robinson thwarting their timing the entire night. Give him credit. Give Hardenstein credit. Making big play after big play. The fact that he is competent offensively is a huge plus for that second unit. The Knicks are not sharp, and most teams aren't. They're not sharp. And like I said after game one, they even with them not looking sharp, they look look like they have a a three, four another levels to go to. Because they haven't put it all together by any stretch of the imagination. And that that level that they are at is enough to beat most of the teams in the league. It won't beat the top 10 teams in the league, but most of the teams in the league, they can be at, let's give it a grade, they can be at a, a C plus, B minus, and beat most of the teams in the league. Because of their depth and because somebody's going to be making the right plays out there. They can they can find something from somewhere offensively. And defense and bring, they bring the defense every night. Not that you want to talk about defense in a game where they gave up that many points, but you know, listen, teams get they score nowadays. They score. And the, and the Hawks with Trey Young, an awesome passer, pushing the pace, the way they spread the floor. Jalen Johnson, I, I hate him. I love him, but I hate him. He he provides such a dynamic dimension for them on both sides of the floor, even though he's not a great shooter or offensive player. His athleticism is just off the charts. And then DeAndre Hunter, who I'm a closet fan of. He's not a great player. I'm not even I'm not saying anything along those lines. It's just that I see I see what he can do. And what he can do as a, a rotation player, is can be can be game changing sometimes. He can score on all three levels. He's not great at taking the ball to the basket, but he can score at all three levels: mid range and three, primarily. Uh, defensively, he, he gives effort when the Knicks play him. Gives effort when the Knicks play him. He really wants to beat the Knicks. You can tell. You can see it in their face. 
They really want to beat the team. That's why this was a big win in Atlanta. Huge. Huge. So you got to give Randall credit taking the back seat. You know, he tried to fumble the, the game away at the end. Jalen Brunson tried to fumble the game away at the end. That's disheartening. You saw some of that last year, too. Disheartening. Every time Knicks get pressed, it's like they're a high school team all of a sudden. And then you saw Quentin Grimes with the boneheaded foul after a turnover. Maddening. But again, I keep telling you, Quentin Grimes is a rhythm player. And when he doesn't touch the ball, his game's not going to be the same across the board. Across the board. Taking his timing away. Fun game after it was over. It was fun. It wasn't fun while you thought the Knicks were going to lose a game and go down 0-2 because they can't pass the ball up the court on the press. That wasn't fun. That wasn't fun. But Knicks pulled it out. Give them credit. But I can't tell you how excited I am to see R.J. Barrett play like this. He would really break my heart if he reverted. I don't think there's going to be – he might hit a slump. And that's what's scary when you change your, sh- your shot and you hit a slump. Bad habits can sometimes creep in. But he's playing with a lot of confidence. The shot looks clean and smooth. It's really difficult to stop the Knicks offensively when R.J. Barrett is playing the way he is. Six assists, I think, in a game. When he's playing like that, it's really hard to stop the Knicks. It's really, really difficult. Atlanta Hawks, the way they attack defensively is, is difficult for the Knicks. That's going to be true for a lot of teams, by the way. But you know the Hawks give the Knicks a lot of trouble with their spread-the-floor screen game. They give the Knicks a lot of trouble. They added DeAndre Hunter always seems to play well against the Knicks. Bogdanovich always seems to play well against the Knicks. So the fact that they put points on the board and, and were able to to keep pace with the Knicks and score a ton of points is not a big surprise. But the Knicks, even with their relative inefficiency, it seems like in their half-court and transition offense, they still had a nice little lead throughout this game and and had to piss the game away, had to almost piss the game away to lose it. And remember, they were losing the whole game against Boston took the lead, had a nice little lead down the stretch, and if it wasn't for that call, a few calls, by the way, and a few boneheaded plays by the Knicks, too, to be fair, the Knicks should have won that game, too. And they're still not playing their A game yet. But they have to, they have to get these wins, A game or not. And you saw the, you saw the, uh, the officials basically admitted to the mistake of that Jalen Brunson technical foul. A huge, a, a just a, a huge, huge, huge missed call that probably cost the next game. That should have been three free throws in the ball. All right, and a tech. Think about that. The Knicks lose that game. It's egregious that they even allow it. There's no, I can't understand how a functional human being can say that they, they call a flop and not have the ability to look at the play to make sure it wasn't actually a foul. And the reason is because an exaggerated motion is a technical foul 
whether it's a foul or not. But when somebody lands on somebody's foot, <laughs> you don't get to make that call. Their whole career is on the line, quite frankly, when you land on someone's foot. We've seen it. Just egregious. Egregious. But if the Knicks can pull, oh, listen, if the Knicks cannot play well and win games, it's, it's just prom- it's just take, it's going to take them a minute to figure the whole thing out and get everybody involved. And once they do, listen, man, I'm telling you, listen, you know, it might be something here. You see teams winning games and they don't play well, it might be something there. I'm telling you. Back to back, I think the Knicks have one of the most, they have the, if it's not the most, it's close to the most back to backs this year, which is fun, fun. Probably one of the better teams uh, in terms of being equipped to handle it, but back to back against the Pelicans, again, national television. Zion Williamson got something to prove. He has R.J. Barrett on the other side, a good friend of his. He's going to show out. You got, you got Brandon Ingram, who lost a starting job to Josh Hart and FIBA. It's always something. It's always something. It's not a bad matchup for the Knicks, but in the second half of back-to-back, anything is a bad matchup for the Knicks. Anything. They're tall and long with Herb Jones out there and Brandon Ingram out there. C.J. McCollum has definitely definitely lost a step. Uh, but, you know, you never know if he's going to show out again. This is a winnable game, but the Pelicans are a serious team. They're a serious team. If I had to guess at it, I might, I might, just might put Mitchell Robinson on Zion. Now, a random matchup is, is a natural, natural matchup. Going into the game, Randall doesn't get a chance to play against uh, an attacking power forward who's strong. He doesn't get that very often. He doesn't get isoed. You're the you're the guy that has to guard the best player on the other team. He doesn't he doesn't get that matchup very often. I think he's up to the task. Sometimes a little too aggressive to get himself in foul trouble, especially with a guy like Zion. But I think because of Zion's game, Mitchell Robinson is probably the best person to guard him. You know, I say that cautiously, but for a player that's really trying to go into your chest every single time, maybe that's the best matchup. I would at least try it out and see what it looks like. Because I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure Randall's going to get himself in foul trouble because he's going to want to prove something defensively and, you know, he used to play for the Pelicans. Like, it's a, it's a whole lot of, a lot of going on there. He gets compared to Zion sometimes. Not favorably. There's a lot of Zion to the Knicks talk, trade talk out there that I'm sure he's not happy about. And Zion is happy about. So, it's a lot going on, but it's every night. It's every night. There's nothing easy out here. Not for the Knicks, not for anyone else. Can't look for no easy wins out here. You got to earn it. The second half of the back-to-back, though, it's not fun. The Knicks had to grind this game out. There was a lot of running up and down the court. It's not fun. 
The Knicks are going to have to get a few extra minutes from Dante, from Grimes, from Quickly. Uh, RJ better be in good shape because, you know, he's the guy that's out there when Randall's not out there. He might have to throw another guy into the rotation just because it's a back-to-back. Might have to get a, a McBride out there. Or Jericho Sims, or even even a Fournier. It might be a night for Jericho Sims, actually. Because when unless you're matching Randall and Zion's minutes, or Randall and Mitchell's minutes, or however, you know, I'm not gonna get too deep into that. You don't really want RJ Barrett against Zion Williamson. So however the match if if you're not matching the center up with Zion. Like you don't want RJ on Valanciunas either. So you you kind of have to you kind of have to play Jericho Sims tomorrow night. Unless you're matching Randall's minutes with Zion. Because you, you there's you don't want to play small with Zion on the, on the floor. So you're gonna see you're gonna see Jericho Sims out there. It's not a bad thing, but just 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 thinking it through. But you want to see you want to see Randall be a little bit. Listen, he had a big shot down a stretch two from the corner on a kick out from R.J. Barrett. Excellent play all all the way around. I want to give kudos to Randall as much as we criticize him because what he's doing is going to be a key to the Knicks winning consistently. It's, it's, it really is. Now, if he can figure out how to handle himself down the stretch of games because they they insist on still going to him down the stretch of games then he'd be perfect, even if he's not, you know, necessarily hot. But him being ready to shoot those catch-and-shoot threes and making teams pay for it, boy, that's that's cash money for the Knicks. Cash money for the Knicks. So you want to continue to see that. You want to see Brunson find a touch around the rim. You want IQ to keep the aggression levels up, but be more efficient, get the ball out of his hands. You want to see Grimes on the ball more. I know it's never going to happen, but you want to see him win the ball more. You want him to get more opportunities and not just shooting jump shots. You want to see the same thing with Dante. You want Dante on the ball more. You know, even though Dante, Dante played well last night, you want to see him on the ball more to make plays. He's a good playmaker off the ball, even though he screwed up on an inbounds. Him and Artenstein went the bet on the inbounds down the stretch like it is. More from R.J. Barrett. More, 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 more. Give it to him. Give it to him. Mitchell played a lot of minutes last night, or or played a lot of hard minutes, I should say, last night. Yeah, but Jericho's going to be in the game too, but he's going to be in the game with power forward. So, you know, look out for the fatigue levels of Mitchell Robinson, fatigue levels for R.J. Barrett, who did a lot of running up and down the court last night. Uh, Jalen Brunson, is he going to have the legs to hit those outside shots on the second night of back-to-back without finding a touch around the rim? He's got he's to at least compensate in other ways out there. The Knicks need him for this game. It's a tough schedule for the Knicks to start this season. If you look at the schedule, you say the Knicks probably lose at home to Boston. You say the Knicks have to win that game in Atlanta because of the schedule, not to, not to say it's an easy game. They do it. Back-to-back in New Orleans, you have to assume the loss. New Orleans is no punk. And no punk. Remember, New Orleans was uh, was uh, leading the leading the Western Conference for a stretch of time last year. There are no punks. All right, so you have to assume the loss coming into this game. 
So to me, this is a gravy game for the Knicks. If they can pull this out, promising next week. It's a grind. Grind starts tonight, though. We'll be here. We'll check it out. Follow me on Twitter. Live tweeting during the game. Until next time. Oh, <laughs>